Welcome to the Mark and Lila Love Broadway Podcast. I'm Mark. I've been a fan of musical theater since I was a little kid. Seeing shows on Broadway, listening to original cast recordings on cassette, and performing in community theater. I'm Lila, and I love musical theater, but I'm a newbie. The theater bug bit me late in life, but boy, did it bite me. So grab your favorite beverage, get comfy, and let's talk Broadway. Hello, and welcome to our latest installment of Mark and Lila Love Broadway. I'm Mark. I'm Lila. And we think Broadway musicals are pretty darn nifty. Uh, yeah, among other things. <laughs> yes. Nifty. Neat. Neato cane. Um, so cool. <laughs> Groovy. Groovy. We're, we're moving all over the decades. Yes, yes. We are definitely ridiculous. Very <laughs> ridiculous. All right, so... Lyle and I just came back from New York. We were there for an extended amount of time. And at our last podcast, we highlighted Phantom of the Opera and Bad Cinderella. I hope you guys listened. If not, go back after this and listen to those podcasts. Um, this week, we wanted to give a wrap-up of the rest of our stay in the Big Apple and talk about other shows that we saw. But before we do that, because normally we share something different or musical theater-related, um... Can you just share something with me, something funny or crazy that happened while we were in New York? Um, something really interesting that um, is one of my takeaways from the trip is that I was in two audiences for two shows. Um, one of the shows was The Daily Show, and um, Al Franken happened to be the, the guest moderator, the guest host that afternoon slash evening, whatever you want to call it. You know, it's taped in the afternoon. And that was really, really cool. It was actually like a blast to be in the audience. And a few days uh, prior to that, I was in the audience for The View, which was also really, really cool. So those are right off the top of my head. Those were two interesting things that I did that I've never done. So what about you, Mark? I think you have something up your side. I do, but real quickly, who was it? who's in The View right now? Because I know they kind of change. They do change, so. Was Whoopi there? Whoopi was there. Cool. I was there on a Monday, and it was the Monday when the media was saying, oh, uh, today or tomorrow, Trump's gonna get arrested. Right. It was that week, and so, um, I went and I got there super early because I also was able to get into the audience um, for the Drew Barrymore show. But when I went to go line up, even though I got there about 10 minutes early, they were already full. So for both these shows, I got there super, super early, like 30 minutes early, daily show an hour early. So anyway, I line up, we're waiting, we keep waiting in lines and I sit down and there's Whoopi and Anna Navarro also. And then there were... Two, there were three other ladies who honestly, I'll be honest, I don't watch The View, so I didn't know who the ladies were, but I was on the second or third row back, I think the second row, on the floor. So it was really, really fun. There were all these things going on like during commercial breaks, and it was really a blast. But yes, Whoopi was there. And one of my friends like commented on my post, oh, Whoopi was there, because I guess she hadn't been there in a while. Cool. Yeah, that was fun. So while we were in New York, I actually worked, um, you know, Monday through Friday to five remotely from uh, the hotel room. 
But on my lunch break, I would go out, get my steps in, grab a bite to eat, and just kind of enjoy the city. Um, so there is this line from the song NYC from Annie, which we all know is the musical that shaped my life. And it says, it goes like this, NYC, I go years without you, and I can't get enough. Enough of cab drivers answering back in language far from pure. So I'm just walking around New York City, not too far from where our hotel was, and there is this cab driver just yelling and cursing at this this, this guy. Yeah, I'm not sure if the guy just got out of his cab or was trying to get into his cab, but he's using very colorful language and, you know, F you, buddy, and, you know, and then the other guy's yelling back at him. And I was like, this is why I love New York City. Like, this is just, I was just like, life is great, you know, because this is what New York City is about. And I thought of that lyric, guys, like, that's what Daddy Warbitz was talking about. I missed these cab drivers just, like, cursing and telling people off. And I was like, this is just great. <laughs> and so, that's that's so it's New York. So New York. It's so it's, New York. It's just like people walking fast with a piece of pizza in their hand. It's just a New York thing. Um, another interesting thing, and this was right before you met me at Joe Allen. We went there for a drink before we saw a show. And as I was coming in the door, Martin Short was coming out. Yes. That was really cool. Because I was at Top of the Rock at Rockefeller Center. And I was going to meet you after I went into that because you were still working. And then you got to Joe Allen, I don't know, 15 minutes before I did. And you texted me that you saw Martin Short. And I thought that was really neat. Is I... I've never been to Joe Allen's. I always go to Sardi's, uh, which is a mainstay to go to before you go to a show, but so is Joe Allen's. And then for you to see Martin Short, that was really cool. Like literally the second I got there, yeah. that was pretty cool. That was really cool. My only celebrity sighting, non like paid, seeing them in a show, um, what or knowing I was going to, like at the view or whatever, was um uh Stephen Colbert. Mm -hmm. And I saw him on the street. And really, I didn't see him, but what did I see? His dog. Yeah. I saw his dog. And this guy was talking to him and saying something to him about his show. And I don't know why in my brain, I thought this guy, I, I don't know why. I thought they were talking about a radio show. I have no idea. It was just what I created in my head. And then I was doing something on my phone. The guy walked off. This woman walked up. She's talking to him about his dog. And then I was like, Oh, I got it. He, this dog has to be my dog for the day because I had a dog for the day every day on my Facebook post. And then all of a sudden I hear his voice and I'm like, oh, my gosh. And I always ask to take a picture of the dog. So I said, can I take a picture of your dog? And his wife walked up and she's like, of course. And I skidded back just enough so I could get Steven in the picture. Yeah, but it's so fun to have those random run-ins it's it's all part of the experience and i'm we had such a good time in new york i was there longer than you were i was there 24 days and you were there 14 days and we really packed a bunch in including a lot of shows yes and so now we're going to get into that i saw 16 shows you saw 10 shows yes of your 10 shows and my 16 shows, eight of those shows 
we either saw together or like you saw one on one night, I saw it another. Yeah. So let's kind of get into it. Yeah, let's dive in. So the first show let's talk about is Shopped. So Shopped, um, so we're located here in Dallas and Shopped was here in Dallas. I Was it pre-COVID, I believe? I think that's what you told me. Yeah. Because I think our, our friend tapped and said that. Tapped saw it and a lot of uh, my other, other friends here saw it. But it was called moonshine at the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming moonshine is made from corn. Yes. Because that's it what... has a very corn, you know, theme to the show. So first of all, there's signage everywhere for shop. You can't go anywhere in the theater district without seeing signs for the show. And you're not really sure what it is, but everybody knows about shop. It, it was everywhere. It was on buses. It was on, uh, it, it was even on the subway, yeah. like on, on ads on the subway, okay. at, but that were digital ads. Yeah. Um, it was everywhere. And our, this friend, Catherine, mm-hmm. Catherine saw Shucked there in New York because she happened to be there when we were there. And she, and she loved, loved it. it. She loved it. So I did a little research on Shucked and they're calling it the Farm to Fable musical. Which is cute. I get it. It's Lila's rolling her eyes right now because it's it's you know, and we'll we'll kind of get into that. We'll get into but um. So it was written by, or I'm sorry, it was a Tony Award winning director of Hairspray, and written by the Tony Award writer of Tootsie. So it has some great people behind it. Yes. Um. So let's dive in to shot. Okay. So. Neither Lila or I loved Shot, and we normally don't agree on shows. Um, you know, either one loves it, the other hates it, or we both love a show, but we usually don't both dislike a show. We don't. It, this is one of the first shows yeah. where we've both been so strongly on the dislike yeah. of a show. Yeah. We were, it was Friday night. It was right after we'd gone to Joe Allen's. We had a great time at Joe Allen's. We weren't there very long. We had a drink. We talked to this guy who was going to the second night of previews, or no, the first night of previews for New York, New York, because we went the next night to the second night of previews for New York, New York. We went into it. Our friend Catherine liked it. We walked it. We got in line. They gave us buttons that said, I've been shucked. Yeah. We were excited. But but there was something inside me that told me that told me that I wasn't gonna love this. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, yeah, I was like, I just, I really didn't think that I was gonna like it. And I don't think I psyched myself out of it. I just, you know. You had a gut feeling. I had a gut feeling. So the show is very hokey. It's a bunch of dad jokes, bunch of very corny, hokey jokes, one after the other, but the audience ate it up. The audience howled Throughout the musical. For two and a half hours. Two and a half hours. And I was like, what is this show going to be over? Because it's not, it, it didn't grab me. It really didn't. I tried to do, with a lot of shows, I don't do, to use the words, because we use it a lot, I don't do a deep dive with a lot of shows. If I don't know, like if it's a new show or I know something about it, because I want to go in with no expectation. Sure. And I'm and and it works. Like for example, like I said, and we'll get into it in a minute. New York, New York. I didn't do a big deep dive. Yeah. I really didn't. So I did not. I did a little bit of a dive, and it basically said, what I read was, 
Shucked was like a more hilarious, a really hilarious set in a Corntown version of The Music Man. And you and I both love The Music Man. I saw it in November before it closed because it closed right after the first of the year. So my friend Alan and I definitely, we, we pushed it in so we could see it. We added in the last minute. And you saw it in July and loved it. You teared up. You loved it so much. Yeah. So I was like, okay, if it's got shades of the music man, then I bet it's going to be enjoyable. And I value our friend Catherine's opinion, and she said she loved it. There was, I'm not just agreeing with you saying this. I'm really not, okay, because I have no problems disagreeing with you. There was a teeny part of me in the back of my head where I was like, I don't know. I'm just kind of like, like what is this going to be? I don't. I don't really understand. So there was a part of me that went in with a little doubt, a little bit, but sometimes you just do. Okay. So I didn't pay it any attention because as you mentioned, bus boards, subways, everywhere in the theater district, you couldn't escape that Shucked was out. Yeah. There was a big buzz about Shucked. There really was. And like I said, the audience just loved it. And they just thought it was the most hilarious thing. Every every single cast member, when they would say something, the audience would howl. Just howl. Like, everything. And I thought to myself part of the way through the show, and I have not discussed this with you, I was like, in my head, I was like, what am I missing? Am I missing something? This is just so hokey. And I didn't love it as we approached intermission, but I thought... Because sometimes the second act can totally redeem the show, even if you're not loving it. And speaking of intermission, so... Three quarters of the way through of Act 1, I had to pee really bad. And normally, I wait until intermission. And we were kind of in the back, so it would be easy for me to, like, sneak out, whatever. While after a song and there was all this applause... I went up and I went to go pee, which I just will not do if I'm really into a show. And I just really wasn't into the show. Um, but, you know, some of the songs were really cute. The, the cast was talented. The The set was great. Uh, and it's, it's a cute story. It really is. Alex Newell is phenomenal. She's phenomenal. You know, Alex is amazing in the part and sings one song and... Basically gets a standing ovation in the middle. I'm not sure if it was act one or act two, but you know, in the middle of a show, gets a standing ovation. Her character was such a powerful character in the show. And she, I'll be honest with you, I did not use to watch Glee. I'd catch a little bit here or there, um, but I know that she was phenomenal in Glee, what I've read about her. And she was wonderful in the show, but that still didn't save it for me. Yeah. And and when I got back into town, you and I were both members of a group on Facebook called Broadway Remembered. And I wrote up um, a summary of, oh, I went to New York recently. I was there for 24 days. I saw 16 shows and I typed out the shows and I said, I loved all of the shows, but Fat Ham, which was one of the shows I saw, which... Um, tonight is opening night, actually, for Fat Ham. And Fat Ham was, for me, sad uh, until the very end. And there's a Shakespeare theme there. But I still liked it because it put me, it took me a few days to process it. But I put in my write-up also, 
The only show I really didn't like was Shucked. I just really didn't like it. And all these people put all kinds of comments. Oh my gosh, 16 shows, that's so cool. There were some rude comments, like how much did that cost you? And what, the admin had to turn off comments because I said, why are people putting this? That's an aside. And so she turned off comments because she said, yes, it's rude. I'm turning off comments. But so many people were like, well, we don't, and they weren't rude, but they just said, we totally disagree with you on Shout. We love Shout. We think it's so refreshing and it's such a great show that's out on Broadway right now. I, there were literally two people that commented that said, I agree with you on Shout. So we're definitely in the minority. Yeah. But, but there are others okay. out there that, you know, like Shout. And that's fine. I want it to succeed. I root for musicals because I'm sure it, it's a fun in its own way. Um, it wasn't boring. It wasn't terrible. It just didn't. It just didn't sing to me. It didn't really call to me like, wow, this is great. I didn't have any aha moments and I didn't get the feels. There is one thing. I think at intermission or after the show, I said, because in the show, there's two narrators. There is a, there is a guy and a girl. And I told you the guy, his character reminded me of Damien in Mean Girls the Musical. And I said, I bet he has played Damien in the musical. Well, we saw Gray Henson and he played Damien in, in Mean Girls. So he is basically playing the same role he did in Mean Girls. Whether he is just a one trick pony, sorry, Gray, I don't know you, um, or he was just typecast. But it said, hey, the way you did Damien play the narrator. So I just thought that was very interesting when I read that. I was like, okay. It totally makes sense. Yeah, you you really did not love him because you did you did say that to me during the show. I actually in the show he was actually one of the parts of the show that I loved. Yeah, I didn't dislike him. I just thought he he had most of the real corny and hokey like dad jokes that I just I thought they fell flat, but the audience definitely did not. And, and to your well, point too, different, different strokes for different folks. Well, to your point too with him. You felt like maybe you were watching part of, of Mean Girls. Yeah. And you you want to feel that you're watching Shucked. Yeah. Absolutely. Not a part of another show. Sure. So, okay, we do, we wish the best for Shucked and we're glad so many people love it. Absolutely. And every show is not for everybody. That's true. It's not. So let's get into the next one, yeah. which. I love, 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 loved, which was New York, New York. As I mentioned, we went the night after we saw Shucked. This was the last weekend that we were there in New York. It was one of the last shows. That It was the last show we saw together. And it was the second night of previews for New York, New York. Yes. Mm -hmm. And it was so for me. And we sat separately. Okay. Mark sat more. He was closer to the stage. Yes. But I fell in love with the show at the beginning. And that didn't stop. Uh, through the end. As a matter of fact, like when I think about the show, internally I get emotional because this show, in a nutshell, is a love letter to New York. It's set in 1946 and it's all about finding your dream, love, money, uh, your work, your passion, whatever it is. It's about finding that thing that you call your dream and what you want to do. It speaks to you. And part of me getting emotional is that my mom, my mom, my late mom, is from Brooklyn. And so 
I thought of her the whole time I was watching it. Oh, Mark, I'm getting a little of a clamp. So oh, okay. I'm going to let you take the baton. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so real quick, just to go back, uh, New York, New York is Cantor and Ebb, um, music by Cantor and Ebb. You know, they, they wrote New York, New York. They did Chicago, Cabaret, uh, less popular musicals like The Rink, Floor of the Red Menace, and Zorba. So this has some great, you know, bones behind it. And then additional songs and lyrics by Lynn Manuel Miranda, an unknown. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I hope he gets some good things that come from banks. Exactly. No, uh, We're rooting for you, Lynn. Obviously, of Hamilton and, uh, <laughs> in the Heights fame. So it has some great people behind it. Um, my biggest criticism with New York, New York, and granted, it was a second out of previews, so maybe they were able to flesh a lot of stuff out, and they're still in the process of doing it, because what, at the time that we're recording this, it hasn't opened yet. So the show's not frozen, they, they're still working on it, um, but there are at least seven or eight characters with sub-stories about, you know, different type of performing art dreams and aspirations and it was it was too much it was too there were too many chefs you felt like you felt like there were too many subsets there were too many subsets too many sub stories um and it was a little confusing to follow um and i really hate to say this but i did fall asleep in the middle of act one so i got a nice little nap which i i just got really tired all of a sudden I can't blame that on New York, New York, but I just got really tired. It was, I think it was a Friday night or a Saturday, Saturday night. Yeah. I mean, it was towards the end of our trip. Yeah, the trip. And it, I'm and, a little sleepy. Uh-huh. Um, and the, the whole show, it was about three hours, we, including intermission. It was about three hours. It was. Again, they have, they have some things to, to flesh out um, and kind of work on. Um, but... I will say the musical numbers in this were outstanding. It was very old school, 40 musical, um, great choreography. It was or beautiful. Beautiful choreography. So there were some amazing things, but it didn't really, really call to me. Um, the performers were amazing. Um, the voices. Yeah. And the da- there was a tap dance number that was most incredible member it was just incredible it was set quote on the top of a building yeah and it was it was all men and they formed this square that was the top of the building and it they rotated around and it was jaw-dropping for me i always know that i'm so into it when I'm kind of about to jump out of my seat, like when I lean forward in my seat. And I did that, and I absolutely loved that scene. I was, as we talked about earlier, we generally both don't dislike a show, but we'll be like this on different shows. Really love a show, and I'll be like, well, I liked it, or vice versa, like this. And when we walked out, I remember I said to you, oh, I love it, I love it. And it just really spoke to me. But I also have that thinking of my mom and thinking about my mom and missing her because she's only passed away two years ago so there's some sentimentality drawn in in there that also made me love it I will say this too I bought a shirt I love to get merch and usually 
it's a cup and or a magnet. And I, I, there was something about it that I knew I would love it. So I bought like this long sleeve shirt and I bought a bag. Well, the shirt I bought was way too big. So I went back and they're not dark on Mondays. And I left New York on Tuesday. You left Monday. I left Tuesday. Well, I went back Monday to exchange the shirt for a smaller size. And there was a little bit of work I had to do for that. I went and they said, can you come back at 10 after eight? Because we've got to get everybody in the door and seated. And the show starts at eight. And I said, sure. Because I got there at like 7.15 or 7.20. So I came back at 8.10 and there were a couple guys I was talking to. I got to talk to this one guy and he's like, well, you got to talk to that guy and whatever. And it wasn't unpleasant by any means, but there were just a couple of steps I had to go through. Well, when I was waiting, one of the guys I was talking to, he works for the theater and he was saying that he's seen it a few times and that he just loved it. And he talked, he was the one that brought up that tap dancing scene that I'm talking about. And he just said, he's like, it's a really incredible show. I said, well, I know I saw it, you know, a couple of nights ago. And he's like, it's really just a neat show. So, so that was neat to hear it from someone else, like to kind of see the passion in him about that particular scene, let's say that um, it wasn't just me and my sen- my sentimentality. It was just nice to have that conversation. Sure. And I think New York, New York is going to do very well. I think it will be very successful. I think, you know, once the show is frozen and they um, kind of like I said, flesh it out and maybe shorten it a little bit, it'll be, you know, it, it'll be a rave. Absolutely. For sure. And for me personally, many times I will not enjoy a show if I'm not really familiar with the music. And obviously, you know, being a brandy musical, you know, there there were some standards in the in the show which I really got into. But when it's a song that I'm not familiar with, I'm not always as into it. So that might have, you know, come to play a little bit as well. That might happen. But I do, like I said, I think the York New York was going to be very successful. I'm not sure if it's totally eligible or not. It should be. But it'll be very interesting to, you know, see how it fares. So that will be interesting. Yeah, and absolutely. good luck, Lynn. We're yeah. you know, we're yeah. we're all written That's for you. Small town kin. <laughs> we know you can do it. We're all high fiving you down here in Texas. Absolutely. So speaking of shows that I did not know the music to, Kimberly Akimbo. I did listen to this the the C D once and I was kind of on the fence. Um, but that we had two friends that were like, You have to go see Kimberly Akimbo. So we did see Kimberly Akimbo. Um, and spoiler alert, we both loved it. Love, love, loved it. Yeah. So and- Kimberly Akimbo was written by David Lindsay Albert, and the music was Janine Tesori. Uh, Janine Tesori did Carolina Change, Fun Hall of Violet, uh, which we saw Violet at a theater near us. So she kind of has her hands in like different kind of quirky musicals. And this definitely was a quirky musical, but it was, it, it was, you know. It, it was adorable. It was. Actually, it was, it was adorable. Very endearing. It was very much endearing. It was really sweet. Mark has talked about, and for all of you that have listened to all the podcasts, and if you haven't, when you're done listening to this, go back and listen to our older ones. Mark will talk about how at different shows, he will tear up. He'll cry. Mama Mia, A Christmas Carol, some other ones. Now, I don't have Heart of Stone. I promise I don't. 
I'm a very sentimental person. But you don't cry at I don't. I don't, don't cry at musicals. I don't know if it's because the theater world is still so new to me, and I'm just trying to absorb everything I can and sort of... my. I don't let my emotions out. I don't know. But I really don't cry at musicals. And I cried at Kimberly and Kimberly. You did, and I kind of like, you know, touch your shoulder. I'm like, are you okay? Because... I've never seen emotion evoked from you that way. So I was like, oh, I hope she's okay. Maybe it triggered something and I don't know. It actually didn't. It was it was a particular scene where the boyfriend and the soon-to-be boyfriend in the show, the character that became the boyfriend, he asked Kimberly out on their first day. And it his character I love so cute. So much. He was just so sweet he was so innocent he was what you would I mean these are high school junior high, high junior these are junior high kids yeah because they were around 14. sure and this kid was just so sweet and just so perfect for the role there were a few times when i was watching kimberly akimbo and i had to remind myself that i was watching a show that I there were that in my brain and my emotions, I was interpreting it as reality, and that's a sign of a great show, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. So, real quick, so Kimberly Kimbo is takes first of all takes place in New Jersey, which is definitely a plus for me since I'm a Jersey boy. But it centers around this girl. I guess she's like 13, but she, she's like 14. Yeah, yeah, 13 or 14, but she has a disease, so she ages progressively um so she basically looks and and feels like three to four times yeah age. yeah so she's like in her 40 like 40 she looked yeah. yeah yeah so it, and there's not a she doesn't have a real long lifespan either. yeah she doesn't have a long lifespan so you know it's it, it's it has a very heavy like subject but it's not a heavy show uh victoria clark plays kimberly kimbo and she has a long list of uh Broadway shows to her name, but we saw the understudy who was amazing. Yes, wonderful. I mean, the whole cast was amazing. So it is a cute, quirky show. Um, I did a little bit of research. Um, thank you, Google. So it, this actually originally premiered off Broadway in 2003, like 20 years ago. 20 years ago. John Gallagher Jr. from Spring Awakening was in it, and Anna Gansteyer played Aunt Deborah. So Aunt Deborah in this production is played by Bonnie Milligan, who I fell in love with um, and uh, the head over heels when I saw them on Broadway. You absolutely loved Bonnie Milligan. Oh my God. Love, love, loved her. And I was fortunate enough, do you remember me telling you this, that one of the shows I went to that you didn't go to because you'd already left town was Broadway Backwards. Yeah. And she was in that. Do you remember me telling yeah, you that? And yeah. she was great in that. Yeah. I mean, everyone is just our friend Robin. Yeah. Robin was Robin's a friend of mine from camp. Yeah, Robin. We went to Bad Cinderella with her, and yeah. she said, You have to see it, and you have to She's like, the aunt. Yeah, all she said is the the, the, the woman who plays the aunt, I, I hope it's not the understudy, and it wasn't. It was Bonnie, and she she's a powerhouse. Yes. And she just has this belting, big, broad voice. And First of all, the character of Aunt Deborah is just 
silly and ridiculous and whatever. You wish everyone should wish that they know someone like Ann Deborah exactly. because yeah. the fun never stops. No, absolutely. So, but yeah, Kimberly Kimmel was just a great show. It was recommended from, you know, your friend. From Robin. From Robin, my friend Steve. Aaron. And then we recommended it to our friend Sean. And actually, Sean at rehearsal last night talked about Kimberly Kimbo and how great it was and how much he recommends it. So Yeah, and I ran into a friend up at the Passover Seder. Um, she and her family are really nice. They always invite me to Passover. And she was asking me what shows I went to, and I had forgotten this. I saw her in December. We walked to 5K together, and she was telling me about a show she had just seen because she had been in New York for work. And it was Kimberly and Kimbo. Oh, wow. And I had forgotten she had told me that. Because it's kind of, it's a weird name for a show. Yeah, so no, absolutely, of, yeah. You know, I just had forgotten. But she said, she said, did you see Kimberly and Kimbo? I said, I did. Yeah. And she said, remember that was the one I saw? She said, I'm so glad you saw it because wasn't it so great? Yeah. It's great. Yeah, I was on the fence with it. But when everybody recommended it, I was like, let's do it. So, it was sweet. Yeah. It was heavy. At the end... There, you feel um, an awakening and a freedom for the main character. You just, you really go every range of emotions. And I should take out an ad that says, the only show that has made me cry. Yes. <laughs> yes, I love it. All right. Lastly, Beautiful Noah. And this was a show that you've seen twice. Yes. And I, so I went to New York, I came back, um, and then I went back like like a week later. Yes. And both times I was like, should I see Beautiful Noah? Meanwhile, I had told him great things about it. And mm -hmm. I had, I saw it in November and I saw it a second time when he was in New York the, the first go around. Yeah. And I and I knew all the music because I love Neil Diamond, and you're I'm so on the fence. So glad that I saw this show. This was my in my top three shows that I saw this time. Out of ten shows that I saw, this was in the top three, and I loved every second I lived. So Mark Jacoby plays Neil Diamond now, and you know, so and obviously he's an older man, and it basically takes place during. Um, like a therapy session, therapy multiple therapy session, yes. and so he's on the seats the entire time. His mannerisms and his poise—I just could not stop looking at him. Even if the action was somewhere else on stage, you know, I just caught myself just looking at him. Just—I I don't know—I was just trans. You know, you told me that. You told me how transfixed yeah. you were. On, on him I was. as Absolutely. as the present day Neil Diamond. Yeah. And that actually took me by surprise. It A couple of things took me by surprise that you loved it as much as you did. And that is not anything negative against the show because I love, love, love the show. Oh, and I, you know what? Listeners, I told you a little fib because when I saw it in November with my friend, Alan, I did tear up. Oh. I did. Um, I, I really did. I got emotional. So see two shows now. Um, I did tear up because it reminded me. Neil Diamond to me reminds me of the 70s and 80s and somewhat the 90s. But he transports me back to the 70s and 80s. 
and I just I love him. I love his voice. That gravelly voice, yeah. And it that song, the song "Far." We've been traveling far. Far. We've been traveling far. Far. We've been traveling far. We, that was when I went to Jewish camp when I was 13 in Wimberley, right outside of Austin. My group, the groups always had to do skits. And we did a skit, and that song was in the skit. I did love that song, and whenever I hear that song, I think of camp, and I have a lifelong love and sentimentality towards camp. So that's part of what transformed me back. But his voice and the story, the story, I didn't, 90% of the story I didn't know about. I didn't know any of the story. I knew none of this. I never did a deep dive on, you know, his autobiography or what his life was like. I knew none of this. And it, is told in such a great way. It's so creative, the way they weave in and out, and the way they use the ensemble. Uh, it, the ensemble was it's fantastic. So good. Like, I cannot say enough great things about this. And of course, we have to mention Will Swenson as, uh, you know, young Neil Diamond. The way his voice, he sounds just like Neil he Diamond. Does. Um, and it just the costumes and the makeup and the, oh, yeah, yeah. the sparkly shirts, the, spark- yes. the sparkly shirts. Yeah. That just, that's Neil Diamond. Absolutely. And the, and you know, the seventies looking, you know, the boots and all, which by the way, all that's back that. No, so it's too, you know, but he was, when I saw it in November, so the first time I saw it and I, when I went in November with Alan, Part of when we went, we went like the second weekend in November, was to go to to be there when previews started and for that for a beautiful noise. Because last summer, I want to say it was last summer, maybe it was the summer before, it was in Boston. And my friend Katina saw it with some of her friends and she said it was really good. So I was waiting for it to get to New York. And now we also found out an article came out that it's going to be going nationwide. Yeah, it'll be touring. Yeah, it'll be touring. It, it'll be, it'll be great on tour. Yes. It'll be great on tour going to like all these different cities. I'm so excited. Yeah, absolutely. I will definitely see it again. Cause I, like I said, I was in my top three. I loved it. Will's voice was amazing. Oh, it was amazing. Absolutely. It was such a wonderful show. The second time I saw it, which was again a few weeks ago. It was, I will say this, it was not as enjoyable as the first time I saw it because there were ladies behind me and there were ladies next to me who were singing along with it. Catherine on the same night as you, she sat somewhere else. Yes. And she said the same thing. Yes. I didn't have that experience. There was definitely a woman, I think it was in the second row, there was a woman in the front row. She was rocking out the entire time. But I don't think she was singing, so it wasn't a distraction. There's a difference. But it, it was yes. nice to see someone having so much fun. But she wasn't distracting and she wasn't obnoxious. Uh, but yeah, it was just... We're not going to sing along. Yeah, I'm not yeah. there to hear Betty and Susie behind me, even though I know they're super excited. Guess what? I'm super excited too. Yeah, but I'm and my mouth shut. I am. Yeah. And, and tickets, tickets to these shows... They're not cheap. They're not cheap. E- even if, because our friend Catherine is 
the queen at winning lotteries, mm -hmm. but they still add up. Absolutely. You're still, so I'm not there to listen to Susie and Betty behind me. I'm there to listen to Will. So that was the the drawback from the only drawback really for me the second time I saw it. But I'm so glad you loved it so much. Yeah. Because you were definitely very on the fence. I was on the fence. I kept on looking at tickets. I was like, oh, there was a really good seat right in the second row. Maybe I should go. And I just, I just, I don't know why I was so on the fence with it, but I'm so happy that I went. I am too. I am too. Because it's so. That's great. Guys, if you're in New York, go see Beautiful Noise. If you can't get to New York, it'll be touring in the next year or so. See it when it's touring. Yeah. See it when it's touring. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. I'm not surprised it did so well after knowing my friends had seen it in Boston sure. and loved it. And that's why I was so excited to see it in November. Sure. Well, Mark, I would say that we had a great, great time seeing shows. Absolutely. There was a show that I saw twice that I just want to touch on, and it was Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. And I've heard great things about it. I heard great special effects, etc. And I saw it twice in five days. It was, parts of it were like a magic show, big parts of it. The effects, the actors in this show were unbelievable. And my favorite was Eric Peterson, who uh, played Scorpius Malfoy who was the son of Draco Malfoy, and he was mesmerizing to me. And he is best friends with Harry Potter's son, Albus Potter, and that gentleman who played Albus was Joel Myers. And the two of them were completely phenomenal in their in their roles. So I high, highly recommend Harry Potter and the First Child. However, little asterisk is, you have you really need to be into Harry Potter if you're gonna go see this show. Literally did not understand a word you said because Exactly. I don't know Harry Potter, so these names are like Greek to me. If you but if you yeah, my my friend Susan went and she really didn't enjoy it. She took her some a couple of her grandkids and I said, Well, are you into Harry Potter? And she's like, No, not at all. And I said, There you go. And I said, What did the kids think? And she said the kids loved it. Uh, so I definitely recommend it. All right, great. Well, Lila, it is that time for our curtain call where we say goodbye and we take our bows. But before we do, we do want to invite you to send us an email. If you have any suggestions or just want to tell us how great we are, send us an email, markandlila at yahoo.com. That's M-A-R-C and Lila, L-I-L-A at yahoo.com. And also don't forget to follow us and give us a five-star rating. So thanks for listening, and we will catch you next time. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. Far, we've been traveling far Without a home But not without a star